The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series authored by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, with Larry Dixon and Veronica Jagger. Read and produced by Veronica Jagger. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Part 3. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Cody Martin. They dropped John off at CCCP with two cases of Guinness. A bottle of single malt came home with them. We need a nightcap, Bella had declared. Vicky raised an eyebrow. Doesn't mix with my meds, she replied quite seriously. Bella knew she had been medicated up the entire time they'd been at the HQ. Xavier had considerately put her in a little room all her own, then put Shug on guard at the door. For some reason, Vicky's people-phobia didn't include Chug. All right, then. I need a nightcap. You can keep me company with tea. They didn't talk much in the car, nor on the way up to the top floor in the battered old elevator. Bella half expected Vicky to beg off when they got to their floor, but instead the little mage followed her in. When Vicky headed for the kitchen, Bella forestalled her. You go sit, she said. I'll make tea. Afraid I'll burn the water? Vicky asked Riley, but didn't argue. She wasn't moving well today. Probably a night on the CCC Peacots hadn't done her much good. Where did you learn all that gun stuff? Bella asked, deciding after due consideration that Green Chai was probably going to be all right. It was either that or black chai or chamomile, and she wasn't sure how the chamomile would do with whatever it was that Vicky was taking. Green chai? Sugar cream? Yes, one lump or spoon, and no, Vicky replied. Can I put something on your stereo? Sure. A moment later, Kinder Totenlader was wafting through the apartment. Bella brought in a cup for Vicky and a single measured shot for herself. She handed the cup to Vicky, who took it carefully, her hand trembling just a little bit. The school I went to. Okay, you know the college system in England? Every uni has a lot of colleges. That's where people live rather than dorms or frats, and the college is partially responsible for your education. I've read my Dorothy Sayers. Bella sipped the scotch, savoring the smoky bite. Well, there are two special colleges over there, one at Oxford and one at Cambridge, that are kind of invisible. Merlin at Oxford and Talesian at Cambridge. You only get invites to join if you're a magician. You can only get into the building, literally, if you're a magician. At Oxford... The door into the Magic College is a hallway in Magwith. At Oxford, the door into the Magic College is a hallway in Magdalen. Well, I went to Merlin. Before that, I went to another place called St. Rhiannon's for my high school years. Both of them are pretty hardcore about not turning out pasty-faced little bookworm mages. Merlin has the equivalent of ROTC, and I was in that. Vicky took a long draft of her tea. But before that, and during it, really, 
I worked unofficially with my parents for some of their FBI cases. Unofficially because even the FBI would have significant problems with a 12-year-old helping mommy and daddy work a case. I learned most of my gun stuff with them. Sometimes C4 works better than a cantrip. She made a face. Yeah, you'd never guess, would you? Bundle of nerves and phobias that I am. You know... But Bella never got a chance to hear the end of that sentence, because the room suddenly washed over with a bright, soft light, and... they weren't alone. The seraphim stood just inside the window and looked about her curiously folding wings that were far too large for the apartment to hold, not in the sense that they brushed the apartment walls, but in the sense that they seemed to extend into some dimension outside the usual three. Vicky made a small sound, and the almost empty cup fell from her nerveless fingers. Bella swallowed down the usual reaction she had to the angel, the one that made her want to throw herself on the ground at Sarah's feet. Instead, she glanced at Vicky, whose eyes were so wide and pupils so dilated that they seemed to take up half her face. You see her, Bella said flatly. Yes, squeaked Vicky. I keep telling you, I am not a hallucination the seraphim said, amused. Though a goodly part of the time, John Murdoch does not believe me either. Wait, she talked to Johnny too? This was the first that Bella had any inkling that the seraphim spoke to anyone except herself. So, is there something the seraphim wants out of him? I already knew he was important, or she wouldn't have helped me save his life or insisted I get him into CCCP. But to speak directly to him... But before Bella could say anything, the seraphim spoke again. You remember, I asked you for a promise, she continued. I come to ask you to... Fulfill that promise. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sarah didn't want her to rock the boat. Sarah wanted her to back off. Sarah! I wish for you to oppose the one called Verdigree, she said and sighed. I showed him his future. If he did not oppose the Thulians and... This is his answer. I may myself not work against him. It is not permitted. But it is permitted that I ask you to do so, since you have already determined that someone must. The flames that were Sarah's hair stirred restlessly. Bella had noticed that they did so when Sarah was... Well, she never actually showed distress, but Bella sensed something like it from her. And just how far... Bella began. 
but Sarah shook her head. You must make those choices for yourself. I must not interfere with your free will. I can only tell you that the one called Verdigray is making his, and they lead to destruction. You have already decided to oppose him. I am only asking you to keep your resolve and see that your choices are good ones. Even when they lead you to places you would not otherwise have gone, and you are not sure you are fit for where they take you. Well, she was already not sure she was fit as the leader of a conspiracy, but Bulwark was going to be down for a good long time, and you can't run a conspiracy from a hospital bed. Pride was too used to obeying authority to think of this himself until it was too late, and Ramona, while smart and capable, wasn't. The seraphim smiled. You are. Sneaky enough. Bella smiled wryly. I guess I am. The seraphim nodded gravely. Then, if it helps strengthen you, know that this is a good choice now that you have made it, younger sibling. Follow your plan. Consult with others. Choose well. Bella thought she was about to do one of those vanishing acts, but instead, to her bemusement, she turned to Vicky. Vicky looked as if she was trying to vanish into the seat cushions. For you, this. A wise man, a writer like you once said, there will come a time when you believe everything is finished. That will be the beginning. L Louis L'Amour, Vicky gulped. But... Remember that. And now the room washed with warm, bright light. Bella shielded her eyes, and when the light cleared, she was not at all surprised to see that the seraphim was gone. The stereo was still playing. Appropriately, Belle recognized Rautavara, Angel of Light. Vicky's eyes slowly went back to normal. Does she do that often? The little mage finally whispered. Talk to me? Uh, yeah. Vicky shivered. I do not envy you. I've only seen her that close once before. I'm surprised I don't need a change of clothing now. I guess I'm used to it. Sort of. As used as you can get to it. She didn't bother to tell Vicky that that was a muted version of the Seraphim. Then again, Vicky probably knew that. She remembered the scotch still in her hand and tossed the rest down. All right, well, she said, in as normal a tone as she could manage. 
since we seem to have gotten a thumbs up from on high, and since I think it's going to be a while before you can calm down enough to sleep, let's talk about getting Tesla's desk. 